Hey guys, hey ladies, hey friends, hey foes. We just wanted to take a second to remind you that while we're okay swearing when little ears are listening, you might not be, and that's okay. So here's your chance to pause us and wait for nap time, or pop in your earbuds. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to a long overdue episode of Done Playing by the Rules. We have missed you guys so much and we're so happy to be back. Jenna's even wearing her favorite Halloween sweater for everyone. Mm-hmm. In January. <laughs> How no I big roll. Deal. Um, <laughs> we had to, uh, we didn't have to take a break. We recommend taking a break whenever you need a moment. And we had a lot of stuff going on. We had, um, I had a lot of like illnesses in my family. No COVID yet. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Sorry, everyone that's dealing with that right now. And Jenna was traveling and had family in town. So we are fresh and ready to go. We were stalled out a little bit on topics too, to be honest. And now we have a hot list of things that we are not supposed to talk about. Well, we had a list, I feel like, but it was like, we just have to be in the right mindset to do those and feel what we want to record. Our list was getting too like trauma bound. And so we were like, oh, this is getting too heavy. And so then we like pulled back a little bit and found some other topics that um, people have asked us about or we have wondered about. And mm-hmm. I think we have some really good fun topics now instead yeah. of just like whatever we could churn out. And nobody wants to listen right. to whatever you can churn yeah. out. And some of this stuff like popped up over the holidays for us. Yes. And yeah. Because it's been, I don't know when we recorded last. Was it before Thanksgiving or after? It was before Thanksgiving, a little bit after Halloween. Yeah. So then we had Christmas and New Year and now we have what? Janelle and I both have kids with February birthdays. So getting ready for that. And then Oh my gosh. I know. Five and four, right? They're so old. It's yeah. My daughter keeps saying, like, I'm not gonna get past three and you're not gonna age either. And I'm like, okay, honey, like I'm fine. Oh my god, that. if she's a witch that can make that happen, right? I would be down <laughs> for that spell. <laughs> yep. And I'm not usually a toddler fan, but she is oh, such she a fun is so, toddler. She is so delicious and yeah. fun and sassy and like just yes. everything perfect in the world. Yep. She's like the right mix of like sassy and sweet. I'm like, she don't is. ever lose your spark, child. I know. Like. That's how Mikey is too. Josh always says, I so wish I fun. could pause him. He's like, Zach can keep growing because like yes. Zach's interesting and getting cooler. But Mikey's just so like sweet and delicious, but also evil. Uh-huh. that it's like so fun. It's perfect. But the, the seven-year-olds are fun too. I feel like that's a sweet spot. I feel like cool. five and six was a little dicey. And now yeah. seven, I'm like, all right, I want to actually hang out with you. Like, yeah, like person. they're reading stuff and they have like interesting perspectives on things, and they and tell they you get sarcasm, which yes, is a huge that's thing. the best part. Yep, <laughs> that's the best part. <laughs> yep, and it's fun. It's fun. With that, we've had ups and downs of holidays, which I think we're going to mm-hmm. cover a little bit. Yeah, and we know friends that have had ups and downs for holidays. So today, we're going to kind of talk about numbing your emotions which I think is appropriate post-holiday season post-holiday um, season and post like we're living in unprecedented times that's like yes. my favorite meme is I just want precedented times back <laughs> like yeah. we're and, in wave 42 of pandemic oh and so everyone's emotions are for ride kids are out of school it's all chaos yeah and I think you have a disclaimer before we start. And I'm oh, disclaimer. Yes. Okay. So Jenna and I have been referring to this episode as emotional numbing. However, emotional numbing is like an actual part of a diagnosis for depression. It's the numb feeling that comes along with experiencing acute or chronic depression. So if we accidentally slip up and say emotional numbing, we are aware that that is actually like a symptom in the testing for depression. That's just what we've been calling the episode, but the correct way to articulate it is numbing our emotions or emotional regulation. Mm -hmm. And so if we accidentally interchange it, just know that we know the difference. However, emotional numbing is what we've been calling it, but ways we numb our emotions is the correct way to say it. Y'all should have heard us trying to figure that out. We're like, we know this isn't (laughs) the right term, but... 
I it's was funny, Googling like emotional numbing there. and it just was like all the symptoms of depression. And I was like, no, this isn't what I'm looking for. What's the words <laughs> for what I'm looking for, for researching this episode? And then I was like messaging. It took Jenna and I 45 minutes yeah. total to figure out the correct way. To- <laughs> yep. And so, all it was was just like flipping the words. Like- flipping the words and adding a word. Numbing yep. your emotions because yes. we don't want to, we never want to like fiddle faddle with like disparaging actual symptoms of mental illnesses right. with like our weird problems yes that uh, that are in addition to our diagnosed mental illnesses yep. <laughs> um so I don't know about you but like researching this topic has been very eye-opening and so I realize I, I feel like this I room to work like a lot a lot of work to do and I feel like honestly this is one of the most this topic researching it was one of the most re- revealing topics because mm-hmm. I thought I had a lot more handled than I do. Me and too. I have a feeling there's a lot of people that don't even realize what yeah. is happening. Yeah. Well, and everything in my research is that this topic applies to everyone. Everyone does some form of numbing oh, their emotions. True. It, oh my god! Like, I didn't even think about fail. that till right now. I was yeah. like, "There's probably people that have it under control." Like, yes. No. And honestly, I didn't find this in any research. But personally, I think like sometimes we do things to help with our emotions, and I think that's a little different than numbing <sighs> your emotions. Yeah. But I don't always think it's like a bad thing. In my opinion, my research is totally the the articles that I read on this absolutely agree with you. It's there's a very tricky, tricky, tricky Mm -hmm. way to tell the difference, and I have no bandwidth to figure out if I'm doing that on the regular basis or not. But some of the things that you and I talked about that we do for numbing our emotions are described as okay. Mm-hmm. But I know that I maybe am using them incorrectly. It's kind of like alcohol. Like alcohol itself is not a problem unless it's a problem. Until it becomes a problem. Yeah. Until it becomes a problem. <laughs> and so that's the trick. And they're all remind me to come back to it. But there's a very tricky little innate trick that uses that you can use to tell you the difference between regulating your emotions and trying to numb yourself. Okay. I'm glad you have that. So in researching this, I tried to make like a list of the ways that I numb my emotions. And my biggest ones are everyone knows I'm a runner. So I will find something that like consumes my attention and my time. And it's never something that's a priority. Like um, all of a sudden (laughs) I have to reorganize the whole pantry. And it's usually when something is going on Mm -hmm. and I don't know exactly how to process it or feel it. Um, The other one is I kind of disengage from a lot of stuff. So people, I don't, like I'm the opposite. A big numbing technique, strategy, whatever you want to call it, is over-engaging in social media. And I tend Mm -hmm. to run away from it. Yeah. And I don't really post much unless my grandma asks me to. I don't really get on anything. And if I get on like Facebook or anything, I'm looking at specific things. I'm not scrolling and looking at friends. And I kind of just like disengage from the world, which yeah. I know is like the opposite of yes. what most people do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are yours? I wonder you why of? yours is the opposite. Because Well, no. So here's two things that are I'm the opposite of you. As you said, you're a runner. And we should also clarify, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, Jenna means that um, metaphorically, Mm -hmm. she likes to fight or flight. She likes to flight. Um, I literally am a runner. (laughs) So one of my things, when I feel emotions start to come up, I'm like, I will get on the treadmill and see how fast I can run. Mm. which feels amazing. And you and I've talked about that. Exercise is one of my numbing, um, but it also dabbles. It's a tricky one. It's kind of like um, eating disorder, not to downplay an eating disorder because I've had my fair dabblings. You you have to eat to live. You have Mm -hmm. to exercise to maintain health. But like, where's the tipping point into numbing your emotions? Food is a big one of mine, which I've talked about, which I just referenced. My, um, I, I've never been diagnosed with an eating disorder, but I definitely have disordered eating patterns. And so um, my favorite way to regulate is to over um, monitor my food, to track my food or to restrict my food. And so literally, I was thinking about this last night. It makes me feel like so sad to reflect on it. When my dad was 
the sickest he ever was in the hospital and I was flying back like every two weeks. I was doing intensely restrictive diets where I was literally bringing food to his hospital because I could only eat like five things. Mm. And I was I'm I'm normal BMI. But mm-hmm. my stress is so high that I found some insane diet. God, I wish I could remember that. But it was like bananas. Like I had to go to Whole Food and get like organic celery to eat. And like yeah. I could only drink certain things. And like I, in my times of stress, will always find an insane diet to mm. do so that I can focus all my energy on it because it's so hard and so unmaintainable that it takes all of my bandwidth so I don't have to think about the other shitty Mm -hmm. stuff going on. My other ones are, you and I talked about lashing out. Lashing out is very common, Mm -hmm. especially with people that are coupled with grief. When you were telling the organize the pantry story, I was thinking about how when mine gets spiked, I will organize the pantry. And Josh also, my husband needs to feel as urgently about organizing the pantry as I do, or he is the worst human on the planet. (laughs) Yeah, I lash out too. I feel like a lot of spouses and partners can relate to this. Like if my organizational need is not as important to you as it is to me, then you are shitty. Mm -hmm. And that is – so. I want to understand the the dynamic of why the other person has to care as deeply about organizing the junk drawer as we do. And he has to feel as passionately about it and he'll just be like, what is (laughs) – what are you talking about? And then my last one is online shopping. And Mm -hmm. I catch myself doing that one a lot. Like the other day, Josh literally walked out the door to go on a work trip and I opened my laptop and went to Abercrombie Mm -hmm. without even thinking. And so that's what a lot of these articles talk about is what you do, you keep repeating. Mm -hmm. And so if your coping mechanism becomes online shopping, I literally, he was barely out of the driveway. I opened my laptop and started online shopping. And I was like, I don't need anything. What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, and I closed it. I was like, I literally need nothing. Like, right. but it's just because I have trained my brain that that is the pathway of mm-hmm. feeling good again, which you and yeah. I talked about is your brain craves feeling mm-hmm. good. And so it will it do does. whatever. It can. So tell me about what you were telling me about this. Yeah. So your brain is a natural pleasure seeker. Yes. And so The issue with numbing your emotions is when you've done something and it has rewarded you in a positive way by numbing your emotions or whatever it has done for you. Yes, that's positive. Your brain is like, okay, seek, seek, seek. And you want to seek out that behavior each time because it felt good. And so this is where people get into obsessions with, and when I say obsession, it's like, I mean, I have the issue not with social media, but I will scroll my phone. Like you said, like you just opened your computer without realizing it. Yeah. When I'm stressed, I'll just pick up my phone and I don't even know exactly what I'm doing with it. Like maybe I look at pictures, (laughs) maybe I play a game, but it's just that comfort, like distract my mind kind of thing. Yeah. And so people get into like drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling, online shopping, excessive working out. And then the eating can go either way binge eating or like Janelle was talking about, like restrictive eating. I know eating is a big comfort for a lot of people. And I feel like when I get very overwhelmed and my emotions are very high, I just don't care about food. And it's like, I just see it as like, I need to feel my body so I don't pass out kind of thing. And so I won't eat, won't eat, won't eat. And then it's like, just give me anything kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I know it's not always like the healthiest option. I don't know. It's a weird cycle. So I think that's normal. You hear a lot about people that go through really stressful things and food is just like the last day. Mm -hmm. I am a stress eater. Like when I am stressed, I will always eat, eat, eat. Like after my dad's funeral, I think in the month after my dad's funeral, I gained like 10 pounds, just like Mm -hmm. eating cookies. And it's just like that. I like that full feeling, but there are definitely people that just food is of no consequence in their brain at the Mm -hmm. time of high stress. I think that's a very like caveman type of like fight or flight. It's another fight or flight probably. Right. And so whenever you've experienced some kind of emotional pain or like think about physical pain, for example, Mm -hmm. when we experience physical pain, we say, we don't sit there and just say, okay, I'm going to leave this thorn in my hand and just stare at it. No, our body is like, get this out, make it stop. If you step on something, your reaction is to jump up and lift your foot. 
And so it's the same thing with your brain. The second you feel anything of discomfort, or I'll refer to it as pain, some kind of emotional pain, uncomfortable feeling, your body goes into that fight or flight kind of response Mm -hmm. and just says, how can I get rid of this pain? And if you have done things in the past that have helped numb it or helped you suppress it, then your body Mm -hmm. instinctively goes back to that and everybody does it. It's how our brains are wired. It's kind of crazy to think. Like I've even noticed like my kids do it. And if you think about an infant, an infant cries all the time because it's like, that's what gets me what I need. Mm -hmm. And then as your kids grow, they learn these little coping mechanisms, if you want to say, but they're not always positive coping mechanisms (laughs) to numb their emotions. And I think society has a lot to do with that as well. I know personally, which we've talked about on here, it's hard raising a highly sensitive feeling son in today's society. And for instance, the other day he was having a huge meltdown in front of all the neighbors. And, you know, one dad was like, oh, just toughen up kind of stuff. And I was like, "Mm -mm, first of all, this is my kid back out. But of course I felt uncomfortable at first and that's a me problem. And I quickly wanted to be like, this isn't a big deal. Just stop crying. Just calm down. That's Mm -hmm. what I wanted to say to him. But that's like suppressing his emotions. And so I let him feel that. And I did find myself like trying to basically put a bandaid on the situation so we could deal with it at home. Mm -hmm. But that's not, if you've ever felt a really strong emotion, which all of us have, when you feel it in the moment, it's completely different than when you talk about it 30 minutes later. You're not as like heightened and your emotion isn't as extreme. And so I tried my hardest not to put a bandaid on it. And I just kind of let him have his moment and (laughs) I didn't apologize for it. It's so hard. And we worked through it and then we still did talk about it later. But I think society just wants us to, like we've talked about before, society is very accepting of the positive emotions, happy, joy, love, all of those. But when somebody starts to feel anger, sadness, grief, any of those, what they label negative emotions, Mm -hmm. society has taught us to bottle them down. So no wonder we go and we're like, okay, how can we numb this? Whether it's in our own personal home or it's out in society. It's so hard, especially. And so let's say like kids... I completely like Zach is in the same boat. My seven year old mm-hmm. is in the same boat. He's highly emotional at some things and I try to let it be. But there is as we become adults. So Ezra isn't of your seven year old is not of the mindset that he so in my articles, it talks about um, you are able to name the emotion, label mm-hmm. it and then tell yourself like we can't as adults not show up to a work meeting because we're having a big emotion. Right. And so they talk about as we're adults, the best way to deal with it is name it, label it, and say, this is the steps I'm going to take later to deal with Mm -hmm. this. And then you have to follow through. So Mm -hmm. the example that was given in one of the articles, which I'll link up on the page, is an article from Anna Borges. Uh, Probably butchered your name. I'm sorry, Anna. (laughs) but I'll link it up, is saying that, so this happens, it's a big feeling, label it and say, I'm feeling lonely because so-and-so didn't text me back. Tonight, I'm going to talk about it with my girlfriend for five minutes Mm -hmm. and then follow through with it. That trains your brain to follow a new, so there is a way to pause it as adults. I don't think Mm -hmm. there's a way to pause it as kids. No, because I mean, personally, my kids, like when I try and talk about it later, they're like, what happened? Oh, well, did you see this instead? Like, you know. Yeah. They're like, did you see my new dinosaur? Yeah. And so, but as a, so I think, I think kids probably need to feel it in the moment. Whereas we as adults, if it's something tiny and small that you can deal with real quick, try to deal with it right away. If it's something big and long and ugly, name it, give it an actual name, say the emotion, say who's involved. And then tonight I'm going to go on a 20 minute walk and ruminate over this and clear it out of my head. And you have to follow through. The biggest part of this is following through on what you promise your brain you're going to do later Mm -hmm. to get, to get rid of the emotion. Well, and honestly, from what I've like read and experienced, Some of these emotions are ones that you have to deal with for years, months, weeks, days, whatever. They're not just fleeting emotions. If you notice a kid, my husband and I always laugh, like our kids can go from crying to laughing in a matter of seconds. (laughs) And adults, I feel like hold on to those 
emotions a lot more. Mm -hmm. But also with naming emotions, you have to be really careful because usually an adult, it's it's a lot more complex. Yeah, you're not just mad because someone gave you a dirty look. Mm -hmm. There's something else that triggered why you're mad. Is it something your parents did to you when you were growing up often, and it just strikes something in your brain? Is it because this person has been rude to you in the past? What is the underlying issue a lot of times? And sometimes annoyance is just annoyance. And yeah. we have to label it and talk ourselves and say, why am I so annoyed? Okay, I'm so annoyed. For example, with your pantry, you're so annoyed at Josh because he doesn't feel the same thing as you. But why are you feeling so extreme about this? Oh, it's because yeah. something else is going on that's causing you to have to organize the pantry right now. Is it stress? Is it grief? Is it sometimes even when I'm happy, I don't, (laughs) if I'm like really, really happy, I don't know how to process that extreme feeling of glad. And so I, that's when I feel like, oh, I need to get out. I need to run. I need to like physically run, like work out Yeah, because I can't handle so much joy. I don't know. It's a weird one. (laughs) And I feel almost like hyper. Yeah. And so that's another thing I think as adults, we usually have a lot more going on than we have to unpack a lot said. more than a little kid that felt so seven-year-old falls down hits his knee crying isn't getting the reaction or it hurts worse than we know big big feelings as adults mm-hmm. we have so much more baggage behind feelings right. that we have to like dig through that yeah it's way trickier to name the correct emotion and another thing mm-hmm. that the articles that we've read talk a lot about is not speaking negatively to yourself. Right. So not saying, I feel angry because this, but that's a stupid reason to feel mm-hmm. angry. You're in your own head, so you don't have to downplay your own emotions. So say mm-hmm. to yourself, I am angry because I perceive this and I feel really fucking mad yeah. and I'm super angry and let yourself fully feel it and don't judge it at all because mm-hmm. judging it is just another way to like shove it down. Yeah. Which is something that I'm terrible at. I love to be yeah. like, it talks a lot about in these articles, on paper, my life is amazing. Mm-hmm. My life is fabulous. However, I have a lot of underlying things and I'll sit here and be like, oh, but so-and-so's got family in the hospital. So what am I feeling bad about? Or so-and-so lost a job. So what do I right. feel bad about? Or so-and-so is going through a breakup. So what is my problem? Like. Mm-hmm. Those are super as unhealthy as opening your computer and going online shopping right. the second your husband walks out the door because you're just – and was it you or an article I read that was saying when you don't process an emotion, you're mm-hmm. sending it to the other room to do push-ups? Mm. And so then it just comes back stronger. Every time we put it in the closet, it's in the emotion is in there doing push-ups and getting more jacked to come back and fuck you up. So every time that we just shove something off to the side, we're only creating a bigger problem for ourselves. Yes. I think there was that quote that I told you is like, what you resist persists. So basically, like if you're applying force to it, resisting it, num, 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 or suppressing or whatever you are doing, it's pushing back, pushing back, Mm -hmm. pushing back, and it's getting stronger and stronger. And the second there's a crack in that wall or whatever, it just comes back full force. And Mm -hmm. I know personally with especially stress, it's not just I'm stressed out. Like there's a lot of layers underneath that. Mm -hmm. And then everything is heightened okay, so-and-so said this and it really hurt my feelings and now I'm really mad. When before, it would just be like, oh, that was kind of annoying. And so when you have this build up, build up, build up, and then you have a little crack in your wall, it all kind of explodes. And I know I'm not always great at naming my emotions. Emotions are so complex, especially because there can be way more than one that you're dealing with at a time. I suggest finding a therapist or a friend personally prefer a friend because I feel like they know you more on an intimate level. And so sometimes I'll go to Janelle and I'm just like, I am so annoyed or I'm so sad or even I'll have, this is another huge one. I'll have physical reactions to my emotional state. Yeah. Janelle and I I love to physically manifest our emotions. Yes. Maybe I get a headache. Maybe it's, I feel anxious. Maybe I feel um, some vertigo or tired or hyper. And I 
there's a reason I'm feeling that. And so a lot of times I'll talk through some stuff with Janelle and she's like, oh, well, did you think about this? And I'm like, oh no, I was just focused on the fact that I was stressed because it was the holidays. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, there's also grief. And oh, remember you told me that this and this was going on and it's a whole thing. And I also want to get into like the physical effects because I think that's something that's overlooked a lot. I um, completely agree. I know I have experienced from all kinds of emotions. I've experienced fevers, um, bloat, upset stomach. If you look at anything with like anxiety or extreme emotions, when I say extreme, it just means like, you're not feeling a little happy. Like you're very happy. You're not feeling yeah. a little sad. You're very sad. Yeah. The first thing to go, what do you think it is? You might know. <laughs> well, you always catch me with the fever. Every time I have a random mm. 99, Jenna's like, you're stressed. You're not sad. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, she's nope. right. It's your other one, the digestive. Oh, that's Your me digestive too. system is the first thing to shut down. Yeah. And that could mean expelling everything. <laughs> <laughs> when I say shut ends. down, it doesn't mean like it completely stops. It's I like out of whack. Down. Yeah, right. Or it could mean that things just don't flow like they should. Or yeah. it could be bloat, upset stomach, um, <laughs> Anything like that. I know so whenever true. I'm worried, like even with this whole pandemic, when numbers started to spike, I kind of talk myself almost into symptoms. Like, do I have a sore throat? <laughs> oh, wait, I do. Oh, shit. Is that, do I need to test all that kind of stuff? And it's like, oh, yeah. wait, no, let me think back. I screamed at my kids and then I stayed up really hurts. late <laughs> and I haven't been drinking enough water and taking care of myself. Could my sore throat, that's a little scratchy, not really sore, be from that? Oh, yeah. my stomach hurts. Okay, what what happened? What What's going on? Oh, wait, I overate because I was feeling stressed. You know, yes. it's like all these different avenues. And when I was probably like high school into early college, I would get these fevers and I would have like a bloated stomach, but it was only on the right side and all the time. Uh, it's appendicitis, appendicitis, even in Mexico, which was a real fun one <laughs> because I had a fever and they were like, anxiety doesn't cause fevers. Well, I'm here to tell you it does. My mom it experienced does. it. Every January, my mom would get, she would be like, oh, I'm down with like the flu or something because she would get like a fever and just kind of achy and feeling run down. No, it was because she worked her ass off during the holiday season and now it's catching up to her. Yeah. Like it just, you can I have fully so many believe physical. that. I, and that's something that's not very popularized in Western medicine. But yeah, whatever. So Jetta is referencing my, I had a full on like stomach attack issue for I a month. I didn't name your name on that one. <laughs> Janelle, I'm here like cackling in the background. But I want to say, um, if you haven't heard Whitney's episode, Whitney is a registered dietitian and she was on an episode and she talked me through some things to do. And I currently right now have bangs if you're watching on YouTube because I have a full psoriasis flare in the middle of my forehead. Which is a big one, skin issues. Yep. So common. And you're so right. Like my stomach just decided at Thanksgiving, like we're done with you. We've had enough. Mm -hmm. And and ever since then, somebody in my family has been like, it's just, we've just been, pa whatever we're passing around, but my, I'm in glasses because I have a corneal infection and like non-contagious everything, <laughs> everything is just like shutting down because of whatever yeah. trigger probably happened over right. Thanksgiving. And we were traveling and who knows what we got into, but it's not getting better because the stress has been so high around here. Zach had a really scary illness and it's just been chaotic. And Jenna's and the other thing I noticed that starts to go, and this could be, this is probably more prominent in um, women, but my hips will often be the first thing to tell me something's huh. wrong. My hips will start to lock up. I mean, that could also be just because I'm over-exercising. That's true. Um, I will often be able to feel really early on that one of my hips will start to give out. And so mm. it can manifest in a million and five ways. Right. And it's not just, oh, I feel stressed. Let's yeah. talk through it and get it over with. It's going to sit and linger. And I don't, I shove it down. Nine out of 10 times, I will numb my emotions rather than yeah. deal with them on the spot. Well, and there was two things you said that I wanted to like piggyback on. You said that you guys picked up something and you're passing it around. That's the other big thing is like your body is working so hard to either yeah. numb or suppress mm -hmm. or deal with these emotions that your immune system is down. So it's probably totally. more, li you're more likely to pick up 
illnesses. I 1000% agree with that because in general, I am never sick. I probably, I haven't been sick in over, I mean, two years. I think one of the kids, I don't even catch stuff from the kids. I think the kids had one cold. I mean, granted we're home more, but like before pre-pandemic, I got sick once every 18 months, Mm -hmm. maybe I'd catch a a light cold for like a day. And so you're completely right. My immune system is shit right now. Mm -hmm. And I know personally, you mentioned your hips, two things on that one. Personally, I get back issues and it's all because it's like knots in my shoulders and everything. And it's not from heavy lifting. It's that's where I keep my stress in like TMJ, like my jaw, Mm -hmm. which leads to headaches. So it's all like connected the knots are awful. I have like one of those massage sticks to help like get it out. And when I release those knots, I actually emotionally feel better too, which is kind of crazy. No, that's that's actually something that's a real thing. Oh, really? I in my research and I was going to talk about this because we at some point we will discuss like, I mean, now if you want the ways to treat this, um, a huge thing they recommend is to focus on a physical sensation instead. And so the author of this article says, personally, I'm a fan of hopping in the shower, hot or cold, using an acupuncture mat from Amazon or the old trick of holding an ice cube to ground myself. So Mm. what you're doing is just a different method of feeling a physical sensation. You're releasing the knot and you're focusing on that part of your body and the physicalness rather than the Mm -hmm. quote unquote just imaginary mental stress, which right. we know is not imaginary, but a physical sensation. And I, I guess holding an ice cube is supposed to be the most commonly practiced thing. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Um, but what you're doing and releasing that knot is a validated method right. for coping. Oh, that's interesting. Well, and it makes sense because it's like, if I don't release the knot, if I don't work it out, it's not just going to go away because I've dealt with that emotion. <laughs> now I have this yeah. physical thing I have yeah. to deal with. And I know with anxiety, Mm -hmm. they talk a lot about grounding, which correct me if I'm wrong. It's kind of like bringing yourself to the actual physical present moment, not worrying about the future, the past, thinking about other things. And so you have to do things when you're in that cycle to break that cycle. My therapist has taught me like alternate tapping feet and like focus on your feet, just kind of like when I'm in those anxiety panic moments, Um, counting, which is a tricky one because I struggle with that with OCD, but it's not like counting say, things. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Or like going through the alphabet and saying people's names that start with each letter, anything to like Ooh, that's break that cycle. One. But I feel like that's more when you're in like that fight or flight kind of mode. Yes. Um, the ice cube and all of that. When we talk about like numbing your emotions, I don't know. Personally, I think it's a little different. Because I think if you do like the ice cube every time you feel an emotion, then your body's like, okay, I'm going to do that to ground myself. But then you don't – you have to do the work after you ground yourself, if that makes sense. You're completely right. Yeah. Like deal with all that other shit. And Jenna and I love therapy and we understand that that is a luxury and a privilege that we are able to um, afford uh, regular visits or Jenna who hasn't been going. So I know. We'll get her back. But my therapist is great at – repeating to me back like I last week I was talking to her and I was like Josh and I got in a fight because he doesn't think that we have enough um what are we gonna fight about it was like we don't have any time to be like an adult couple not like Mm -hmm. that we find time for that but (laughs) like to we used to go out to dinner and we used to do Mm -hmm. things and we used to like have common interests and I was like it's so annoying I said to her I'm like it's so annoying like all I'm doing is I'm home I'm homeschooling the kids I'm keeping up his house I'm taking care of everything everything is perfect he gets to come home to a perfect house and she was like stop Josh is telling you he misses you And I was like, oh, oh, because my (laughs) brain's automatic reflex is get that feeling out of here and talk about how Mm -hmm. shitty Josh is being. Right. When all he's saying is he misses spending time with me. But I hadn't even given that a thought because my brain says, get rid of that negative criticism and turn it against him Mm -hmm. when in reality he was just 
poorly saying to me, like, I miss spending time with you. And so my brain needs to be, my therapist is great at helping me rewire my brain to think, what is the person actually telling you? And now I just need to figure out what is my brain actually telling me? Yeah. Well, and again, you put all your energy in something that he wasn't even expressing, a clean yeah. house and educated yeah. kids and all of that stuff. And so yeah. to you, it's None like- None of that I was put, what he said. Right. But you put all your energy in that and it's like, here's all my hard work. It's almost like, why is this not enough? Yeah. And so you probably felt a little bit of that. And then it's like, oh, wait, he was actually giving me a compliment that- he wants to spend time he with me. He wants to spend time with yeah. me and have interests and hobbies and do things with me. Like that's very lucky. But my automatic reflex is always deflect, anger, lash out instead uh -huh. of taking the time. Had I taken some time, thought through what he said, taken a nice shower and been like, where is he coming from? I might have been able to come to that my own conclusion. Instead, I or you know what I like him. A great thing to do is just like ask him. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine what the world would be like if him and I just learned to ask each other what we really meant when we right? were talking. But like, I feel like that would be the ultimate. Yeah, <laughs> I will like praise my husband on this one. He's gotten a lot better at he is good. being calm when I express these bigger emotions. He used to take everything very personal. And so the other day I went to him with something and I... It was an issue that had been bugging me for a while. And of course, I was like, suppress, 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 ignore, <laughs> ignore, ignore. And then I just found myself annoyed with him all the time. And I was like, everything he did, I was just like, oh, so annoyed. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, why? And so finally, I was like, I'm tired of feeling this way. Why am I annoyed? And I was like, oh, because of the issue from a while ago that I just yeah. can't quite get past. So yeah. then I was a little nervous to talk to him because it was about him. And I was like, I don't want him to be upset with me. I don't want to get attitude. I don't want my feelings invalidated, any of that. And I talked to him and he was so accepting. And he was like, why did you take so long to come to me? And I was why? like, well, first of all, he's done a lot of work. He used to get really mad, which yes. is very natural because it's that defense mode. Whenever That's I was me, Brandon about and I him. are the same person. Yes. So if I was like, <laughs> Janelle, it really bothered me the other day when you said X, Y, Z, you know, like their response is it's about me. They're attacking me. And it's like, oh, well, you did this, this and this. And he just like <laughs> sat there and he listened. Yeah. And then he was like, let's work through this. And I want you to start pointing out when I do that. And I was like, but you're going to get mad at me if I like call you out on it. And he's like, I will not. And he hasn't. So props <laughs> to him. But it's taken, uh, we just celebrated 10 years. So it's taken, it's not an overnight thing. It's a 10 year no, plan. So <laughs> It really is. And Josh is the same way. It's, I mean, I think, what are we on seven or eight? And yeah. he just now is like learning to be like, okay. Like he's mm -hmm. like, I just learned to not engage it. And yeah. it doesn't keep growing. He's like, if right. I engage you, then I'm giving you like the, and he is, he's giving me the kickback I want if he mm -hmm. engages in what I say. Right. And so he has learned to just like shelve it. And then later on be like, Hey, what was that outburst earlier this morning? Mm -hmm. Like what happened there? And I'll be yeah. like, Oh yeah, I was just feeling really overwhelmed by this, this, and this. But if he had called me at that moment, I'd be like, let's fight. Yeah. Well, and I don't know about you, but the feeling I tend to numb the most is sadness. I okay. still struggle with getting embarrassed about being sad. Over the phone, like if it's a text, I can be like, I'm really sad. But in person, like if you know me, I don't really cry. Mm -hmm. I just struggle with that emotion the most. I'm almost, I don't know why I get embarrassed by it, but I do. And not just crying, but even just saying like, I'm sad. Yeah. And let everyone know, like, I'm kind of sad today. Like, I'm not going to be my normal joking, silly yeah. self. And they all just kind of sat with that emotion with me. And like, uh, my son was in that emotion as well. And just, and he was like, I just feel embarrassed that I want to cry. And I was like, you know, buddy, like, let's, let's just cry. Like, it's yeah. fine. And that's one that I can definitely work on. But at first, you know, when we got home, I was like, oh, I need to, for some reason, I need to clean all the bathrooms and I need to, that's my other one is like, Again, oh, getting in those projects. Like, we call it a rage clean. If yeah. one of us blows the other one off, we're like, sorry, busy rage cleaning. Yep. And we both know like, nope. Yes. <laughs> and that's like my project. Like all of a sudden, for some reason, all the sheets had to be washed. Mattress covers, pillow covers, everything had to be washed and the bathrooms had to be clean. But that's how I was numbing that sadness. And then when we kind of sat with it and talked through it, it was, I felt like I could handle it a lot better. And that wasn't an absolute priority anymore. And then everyone kind of helped me because I stripped all the beds. Yeah. yeah and I, so. my hardest is loneliness because mm -hmm. I 
pride myself on being mm-hmm. so independent. I can do everything myself. My husband yes. travels a ton. I'm not here right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he would before the pandemic, he was gone Monday through Friday most he weeks. Was. Yeah. Um, or Tuesday, you know, some version of that. And so to say like I get really lonely, but I that's what I catch myself using numbing mechanisms the most. And okay. so after the kids go to bed at night, if Josh isn't home. I instantly start thinking like, uh, should I online shop? Should I mm-hmm. scroll Twitter? Should I eat a bunch of snacks? Like yeah. it's all like not – and the way – okay, so before we forget, the way you know – and I'll use a real life example of this. The way you know if your numbing mechanism is useful or not useful – so think of exercise. The way you know the difference is – so if you tend to dread – coming back to the real world or find your emotions getting worse after the numbing mechanism, that is a sign that it is not on the helpful side. So the key difference between numbing your emotions and a helpful distraction is what you feel like afterwards. So I know that if I go downstairs, Josh is gone, my brain's automatic trigger is like, I want to go eat a bunch of chocolate. Every time I come down the stairs and Josh is gone, I'm like, I'm going to go make a bowl of M&Ms and peanuts and sit on the couch and watch TV. And then I'm just going to eat and eat and eat until I have a stomach ache. Well, now I feel worse after. So mm-hmm. is that, that tells you right there that is not an appropriate mechanism for dealing with it. But loneliness is my hardest because, and so yours being sadness, there's some childhood shame probably associated with sadness that you can't put your finger on as an adult. And mine, probably the loneliness is some childhood shame on loneliness. And I need to numb loneliness. And that's why Mm -hmm. when Josh walked out the door that day, I knew he was going to be gone for like four days. And I was like, open computer, start online shopping. I knew loneliness was coming. And so my brain automatically picked up my computer and opened it before I even had time to catch the feeling coming. The door barely closed and I was avoiding the feeling. Yeah. Well, and it's like, yeah, there's probably like some childhood stuff, but it's also like, again, it's those negative feelings. You don't see some, like you see somebody having, um, so say you get engaged, you have like a huge party. It's a happy emotion. You celebrate when you lose a parent, you don't have like a huge party. Everyone's celebrating. You have a funeral. And if you notice happy moments, people gravitate towards you. I know personally in sad moments, hard times, like I've lost some friends because it's an uncomfortable feeling and they just don't want to deal with it. And so it's like, again, do I want to lose friends and have this uncomfortable feeling all out there in the open? It will know. So I'm going to numb it. But when it's something happy, like think about social media, like most of us post all the happy stuff and it's celebrated the sad stuff. Like we don't want everyone to know all our sad shit, right? Or guess oh, what? Like, guess you don't how many just, fights like, I had with my husband today. Yeah. You don't just post Seven. like, oh, I'm feeling lonely all over yes. social. I mean, some people do, but you know, again, it's that uncomfortable feeling that society has taught. But us I to, like, almost feel down. like some of those people are braver than we are in just mm-hmm. posting like, I feel lonely. Yeah. And I am also on a social media break because unlike you, uh-huh. social media, I lean into when I am having depressive or uh, I just up my... Shout out to to call your therapist and take your meds. I just had to call my therapist and up my meds. Yeah. And so I actually think, like you said, my stomach issues have started to resolve since my meds have been higher. So I have Mm -hmm. a feeling that that is a trigger for me. My meds were getting a little too low and I needed a little bit of help with the anxiety. Mm -hmm. anxiety tummy um this is just gonna be the grossest episode I know (laughs) I have no I have no dignity left something you mentioned earlier this just popped in my head because I can't keep a straight thought about your hips like we're going back to that yep we're reversing we love talking hips um there's a lot of yoga practices I'm sure there's other stuff that work specifically with like hips and women with Mm -hmm. hips because apparently Mm -hmm. research has shown that women hold a lot of their emotion, which also leads to like tension in their hips. And so there's like specific, if I can find one, I'll link it in the show notes, specific yoga little segments that talk about like releasing your hips. And if you've ever had somebody do like a deep tissue massage on your hips, it's very uncomfortable. And you wouldn't think that you hold a lot of tension there, but I mean, like you have to get like deep or put like a a lacrosse ball and kind of like mm-hmm. massage that area, anything with stretching the hips. It's kind of crazy. And I don't know 
exactly why women hold tension there. Um, but do uh, try that for with you because, because you've we're done witches, all that. we know that it has to do with childbearing, right? Because I would, it would be interesting, right? Yeah. Cause that could, that would make sense why your hips act mm-hmm. up because it's so tight and it's not mm-hmm. just like your hip flexors, like the back internal part, like kind of like by your butt where the your juicy. kidneys would be. Yeah. It's like in there. And so if all of that is tight, like that could be some of your hip issues. I'm going to make you do a, yeah. like a yoga hip release. I did a 30 minute hip release yesterday Did you? Um, on Peloton and I can share it with uh, Ross Rayburn. And- oh, I love him. Oh my gosh, he's an angel. And yes. now this is just a Peloton fan podcast. Yep. <laughs> but I did a 30-minute yoga and my hips were like dra- – I also went to my chiropractor and was like, listen, shit's going to get weird, but like my butt hurts. So mm-hmm. you got to get in that butt yep. basically. <laughs> like, And I got worked really hard on Thursday – so two days ago um, at the chiropractor. Cause I was like, my hips are jacked. And he was like, dude, you're standing weird. And I didn't even realize that the next morning I was sitting on the chair and I was like, oh, I haven't felt sitting on it. Cause I'd been <laughs> leaning to one side. Cause the one side was bothering uh-huh. me. And I was like, Oh, I both butt cheeks are on the chair fully yeah. this morning. And then I did a 30 minute stretch and like, it was bananas. Cause in that stretch, he stops you in the middle after you do one side of your hips and then makes you feel the difference between the two. And one of my legs was like flushed to the floor and the other one was still like cocked up funny. Weird. And I was like, oh, it's fully working. But then I that did a weird. super hard run after it. So I probably oh, that's fucked really it all up. Smart. Yeah, I couldn't not. I told you yesterday, I texted Jenna and I was like, funny how we're supposed to be doing this emotional uh, um, numbing of our emotions episode because I just numbed my emotions with over-exercise. Yep. <laughs> well, and with this like yoga things, they'll – there's like all this research, like a lot of people were like cry during it. And they're like, I don't even know why I'm crying. It's just like that release. Like that's the other thing. Like when you have these emotions in you, you have to release them and your body Mm -hmm. is going to try and there's helpful ways and not helpful ways. And you mentioned exercise and I kind of want to touch on that because that's a tricky one. (sighs) So I think it's great for your mental health. I do think that there is ways to numb your emotions with working out. So make sure you're not just like running to release sadness or to get away from sadness. For example, um, when we were homeschooling at the beginning of the pandemic, it was really tough, really tough. And (laughs) I had to, yeah, I had to suppress an emotion because it was not good in the instance. So my son was frustrating me so bad and I wanted to lash out Mm -hmm. and it was, a personal issue. It was because I had a lot of stuff to do and he was taking his sweet time. It was because I had taught him stuff and he wasn't using any of the strategies. So I was taking it personal. Yeah. So I had to keep talking myself down, talking myself down. Let's get through this lesson. Do not take it out on your son. And I just could not get rid of that frustration. And so I took up running. Personally, I don't think I was numbing the emotions. I knew exactly what the emotions were, but it was just a lot at once. And it was trying to figure out this new normal And I felt better after I ran because it was like, here is my choice. I need to get this emotion out of my body right now. And running was what I needed because I just felt so worked up. And of course, I like talked through it with my husband each day, but I think that's healthy. I don't think not addressing the emotion and just working out, working out, working out is healthy. You have to do the work on both ends. And you know, I'm always a proponent for working out, especially if you just struggle from anxiety or depression. As somebody who struggles from anxiety, I haven't always been able to label why I'm feeling anxious. And sometimes I think it's a chemical thing and I just need that serotonin, right? Endorphins. Endorphins. I just need that boost to help me. Yeah. I don't always think it's necessarily an emotion. I'm just a naturally anxious person. Yeah. And there's some situations that I can't control. Like I'm anxious over the fact that it's cold flu stomach bug season. So I have to like help myself deal with those emotions. I can't just get rid of that anxiety. I can't say, okay, today I'm going to stop worrying about that. So I do need to be clinical germaphobe. Germaphobe. Yeah. You can't just be like, um, I'm going to yeah. uncheck the box for germaphobe this winter. Right? Like yeah. you have to cope yes. with it because it is a part of your being. Yes. And I do my grounding. I do all of that work, but it doesn't mean I'm still not anxious. And so I have to find ways to help with that. And a big mm-hmm. thing is working out to get those endorphins as well as being outside to get that vitamin D 
Because sometimes anxiety can be an emotion that is related to something. It could be as simple as a chemical imbalance or you haven't had enough outside time. Yeah. And loneliness, for example, like you mentioned, that's not one that you can always fix, unfortunately, especially if it's lonely because your husband travels for work. So what are you going to say? Stop traveling for work? Stop working? (laughs) Stay home with me? No. And it's, yeah. And he's like, and I'm away from all of my like closest friends. We moved to a new city and we're in another like hard wave of the pandemic. So I can't just be like, let's all go out everyone and have like a random babysitter here. Plus it's extremely cold there. It's extremely cold here. My kids are still trying to get outside as much as possible, but like I'm not get. I bought one of those like happy lights and it was too bright. So I had to return (sighs) it. Now I'm going to try to get a new one, but you're completely right. Getting outside, exercising. And so my trick that I'm trying to do right now is, um, I can still run. And so the running and running as hard as I can is my numbing technique. I want to be doing a sprint workout to numb the feelings. Mm -hmm. But what I'm doing now is making myself also pair it with a yoga. And yoga makes me so fucking uncomfortable and so fucking vulnerable. Oh, my God. Yeah. My therapist kind of baby basically gave it to me as homework on Sunday because she they want me to be tested for ADHD but she wants me to see if I am uh, able to meditate at all and it is awful meditating (laughs) is the hardest thing for me I've ever tried and so yoga when there's just quiet time Mm -hmm. I am working at 150 percent to try to make my brain stay with quiet time Mm -hmm. and not roll over and like do an online grocery order isn't it so hard it's so hard but that is not numbing my emotions. That is right. sitting with my emotions. That is grounding. It's a lot of like feel your feet heavy on the floor, lift mm-hmm. your head up to the sky, roll your shoulders back, chest out. Uh, like I normally sit hunched over and tight. So mm-hmm. I'm having to learn how to like realign my body plus just being still with my thoughts. And the quiet mm-hmm. music is also hard with me, which Jenna knows like, my ideal run is a sprint with the most ratchet rap music as loud as possible, headphones full volume. And that is just me numbing where sitting with my feelings in yoga is so Mm -hmm. hard and so cringy for me, but that tells me that it's probably the right thing to be doing. Yeah. Like when I'm stressed, I know I need to do yoga, but then a lot of times at the end of yoga, they'll do like a quiet little meditation. And I am like you, I like no, no, no. I need to go do my grocery list. Or I'll yeah. be thinking when I get up, I need to do da, 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 da. And coming into the actual present, grounding yourself again yes. is really hard, but it's really important. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. But I do know personally when I am dealing with these big emotions and not always, like when I'm dealing with grief, I'm okay. I'll just usually cry during it. But when I'm dealing with like stress or anxiety, I will try and distract my brain a lot more and be like, I need to do da 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 instead. So do you have any more tips for us? My final, uh, so I really want everybody to read this article that I'm going to link. I'm not going to try to pronounce it again, but the key to the end of the article is practice, 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 which is what you and I having researched this and hopefully the listeners having listened to this will start figuring out ways to hone in on what they need to specifically practice. It just says like many of us, condition ourselves to respond to strong emotions by running away from them if we practice facing them head on that will start to stick too it Mm. won't take away all the suckiness of negative emotions (laughs) like they're still negative emotions but it will make them easier to deal with emotional Mm -hmm. awareness and knowing how to manage those feelings can go a long way to support our resilience it's people who really fight against feeling their feelings that end up having a very hard time that's interesting yeah we're going to practice. I know. And like we said, it's normal. Everyone does it. Everyone, which I didn't even think so. of until Jenna said that. I was like, there's probably 50% of the population mm-hmm. that doesn't emotionally numb or yep. numb their emotions. Nope. It's every single person has an emotion that they don't want to feel from time to time that they can shove away somehow. I mean, even happiness, even the positive ones. They're like, oh. I never thought about happiness. Like I feel bad because my friend didn't get this promotion, so I'm going to suppress my emotion. So, so. weird. Why are humans so fucking weird? Because we're people pleasers, probably. We're- <laughs> it's ridiculous, and that's all we want to do. 
is just make everyone feel comfortable in our presence. And so we just mm-hmm. like sacrifice our hips and our psoriasis and everything to make everyone feel comfortable in our presence. That's the shit we're not going to keep doing. We're going to nope. make it weird for everyone. <laughs> I'm going to go work out real quick. No, I'm just kidding. With that, I just want to say like, if you are experiencing like any kind of like physical ailment, I think that's a big, big flag. There's a lot of research, like people who have digestive issues. Yes, there are food intolerances and all of that. But if you're noticing like, oh, I can't pinpoint exactly what my food intolerance is, or I can't pinpoint what causes these headaches. A lot of times it's emotional, unfortunately. I know. Tension. Yeah. I I know I'm guilty of that. Like I even had a headache this morning and I'm like, is it because I went to the chiropractor yesterday and things are a little off slash getting adjusted? Is it COVID? Is it tension? I couldn't really label this one because there was so much going on. And so just kind of doing that work. So you're going to circle back now, right? Because you're going to figure out what it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't (laughs) think it's COVID. So I think I'm good on that front. We're good on that Um, one. But I think that's an important thing to say is like, Whitney Crouch, who we had on a previous episode, and I'll link her Instagram again, she can help you test through all of this. She helped me a ton when my stomach went completely crazy. Uh, I think that if we can take one thing away from the episode is like, Think of what what Jenna the exercise Jenna did with naming our most shamed emotion was mm-hmm. very helpful. Because once you say it out loud, and I can say out loud to the world that like I'm embarrassed that I feel really lonely sometimes. Mm-hmm. It takes so much of the like power of the loneliness away from it, and I've been working really hard on just sitting with it. And it's hard work. It's you're not passively mm-hmm. watching Netflix if you're like consuming yourself with trying to say like what emotion is sneaking in right now that's making me want to go raid the pantry you're going to do some hard work but it's going to make it easier in the long run and hopefully you won't have as many forehead psoriasis flare-ups as I do yeah and just like a painkiller you take Advil to get rid of whatever pain you're experiencing maybe it's pain from a broken bone well when that Advil wears off that pain is still there yeah. And so it's the same with like your emotional, once that numbing wears off, the pain, the emotion is still there. You might not I'm see it. You a 10 it a out of 10. I'm giving you a 10 out of 10 for great metaphor right, right oh, there. Oh, thank that you. Was, thank that was you. amazing. <laughs> Jenna just did a bow if you're not watching on YouTube. It was adorable. And if okay. you are watching on YouTube, I'm sorry. I literally rolled out of bed on this one. I'm so. So, I, we're, nobody's looking their best today. We'll come back in full glam next week. Um, write in with topics you want to talk about. We have a couple good ones lined up. Name and your emotion. We're here. Name your number one biggest emotion. You can write it to us secretly. We won't share it unless we ask your permission. But talk to your partner or the person that has to live with you or your kid and just say or us and I've said saying to your kid I just feel really sad today Mm -hmm. builds their ability to for this to be easier for them parents in the 90s didn't name their emotions Mm -hmm. I don't know if your parents were like super great at that my parents never said like I'm sad I'm happy I'm glad I'm mad let's take it back to kindergarten level and name our emotions every time you can say i'm just feeling sad today or i'm just feeling kind of icky today or every time you do something like that you're creating a vocabulary bank for your kids to be able to use in the future and so while we don't want to put the pressure of our emotions on our kids like don't ask them to solve it for you like i'm feeling sad today can you fix it (laughs) but you can say i'm feeling sad today and that's okay Mm -hmm. let's sit in it and let's relax and stay in our pajamas yeah. It, it's a hard day. It's a hard world. It's a weird time. And it's, it's okay to feel sad time. for no fucking reason sometimes. Yep. Yeah. And it, if you are feeling sad or anxious for no reason, feel free to talk to us or find a friend because a lot of times, like I said before, they can help you filter through that. Like, oh, well, remember this, remember that. Maybe you're experiencing mm-hmm. this. And it just really helps. I can't tell you how many times Janelle has helped me with that. So, oh my God, you too. I think you did it for me yesterday. But yeah, it's crazy. Send this episode to your friend and ask your friend if they want to be that person for you because I guarantee oh, your let's friend- be our emotional friends. Yeah, like- let's be our emotional support friends. Yeah. Everybody has emotional support dogs. Let's find our friend. And so mm-hmm. send this to them and say, do you want to be my person where we can say, and Jenna and I do this without judgment. Like Jenna will say, yes. do you think this could have something to do with blah, 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 and blah. And if that came mm-hmm. from someone else that didn't know me as well, I'd be like, ew, you don't know my business. Like, get yeah. out of here. Right. But Jenna and I can say to each other, like, I can say to Jenna, like, do you think this is because of 
do you have a grief anniversary coming up? Do you mm-hmm. think this is because, do you think the fight you had with your husband is because so-and-so mm-hmm. actually said this to you and she can like, she and I can non-judgmentally say that to each other. So send yeah. this episode to a friend and be like, do you want to be my non-judgmental, like call me out person? Yeah. Cause you kind exactly. of have to call each other out. Yeah. And, and it's uncomfortable. It, being on the other end, don't be afraid to be like, no, I don't think it's that. I feel like I'm coping with that really well. Like, do you have any other suggestions? Because yeah. no one really knows how you're feeling except yourself, hopefully, which sometimes we yeah. don't even know how we're feeling. <laughs> uh, so work through it with your friends. And if you don't have that person, we'll always be that person for you. So Hell yeah. I have a good friend and I'm always like, she's been going through a lot. And I'm like, let me know when you want to talk. And she's like, you know, I don't talk. And I'm like, I know, but I'm going to still ask. Like, I'm going to keep coming back. To I think this. you could probably guess who it is. I and know I'm always like, is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and so I always like just send her stuff like, remember if you want to talk. And remember, she's like, remember I don't. And I'm like, but that rare occasion you do, I'm all yours. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, understand you have friends that don't want to talk about it, but just have sometimes just knowing there's somebody that's there if, in case you yeah. do takes yeah. a little bit of the burden off. And if we could all take one pound of weight off of our friends' shoulders, that's pretty mm-hmm. rad. Exactly. And with that, call your therapist and take your meds. 